Hey guys, welcome to the Player 5 Podcast. My name is Rendon, and with me as always is Austin. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing marvelous, man. How you feeling today? I'm feeling good, man. i uh playing a lot of Borderlands, uh, a little bit of Hearthstone here and there. Uh, I'm a few. I'm a, one of a few people that are playing Hearthstone because a lot of people are still mad about last week, what we talked about. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of rough. But yeah, uh, with that said, I wanted to let you guys know that we are available on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play Music. Also, Hub City Post, City spelled with an S. Um, HubCityPost.com is the website our friend Nick owns. Uh, maybe we'll have him on sometime soon. Um, Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, we uh, definitely would like you to talk to us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Player5Pod on Twitter and at Player5 underscore podcasts on Instagram. So, uh, yeah, uh, definitely talk to us and, uh, you know, tell us what you think about this week of news. We actually have some pretty interesting topics this week. Um, but yeah, so just some quick mentions here at the top, Austin, Reggie Field, I never know how to say his name. It's like Reggie Fizeme. Fizeme. Okay. (laughs) It's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about him, man. Yeah, so he was awarded the Walter Day Lifetime Achievement Award, which actually inducts him into the International Video Game Hall of Fame and Museum. This actually happened last week and should have been on our quick mentions last week. Unfortunately, I, I missed that. I apologize to Reggie Fizeme, but obviously, Brandon, he's he's played such a huge role for Nintendo and to us that I figured that we might as well bring it back and, and oh, make yeah. it right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's... Uh, that's awesome. That makes me really happy, and uh, I hope they. I hope like whatever statue or picture they put, it's like the him as vi- the like robot mode that they did with that video. <laughs> right. That would you know, be the greatest. <laughs> you know, in front of like NFL and NBA stadiums, and and you know, obviously every sports, like they have statues of like the greats, right? Like if you go to the Chicago Bulls, you're gonna see a statue of uh, Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. It's like there needs to be a statue of Reggie Fils-Aimé, like in front of Nintendo America. It just needs to be. Oh yeah. Yeah. For, for all of his hard work. Uh, moving on, you can now possibly try to sign up for xCloud's beta. You can... Uh, I don't actually know where you sign up for it, but I've, from what I've read and been told as well is that you there's some site that Microsoft has. You put your email address in, and you might get an email that says, hey, go ahead and try it out. So... Yeah. If you're That's pretty cool. That, I mean... Sorry, I, I, what I'll say, I think that I don't really have a lot of faith in their whole beta programs personally because I signed up for the Halo Insider program for the port of uh, Master Chief Collection to PC mm-hmm. back like right whenever it became possible. And to this day, like I have not been invited to do any of the flights that they've done, which they've done uh, not a lot. They've done a considerable amount. And obviously MCC is coming by the end of the year. So it's like, I don't know. I don't really have a, I feel like they're very selective. So if you sign up for this beta and you get in, like definitely reach out to us and tell us what you think of it, because there's a pretty good chance. Like it'll be a pretty exclusive thing. Yeah. It's okay. Rinden. Don't be sad. I'm I've, sad. I've been, sad. <laughs> un, I, I've sometimes not been invited to my own birthday party. So it's okay. Okay. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, like you said earlier, probably a lot of people are not playing Hearthstone right now, and we know BlizzCon is uh, coming up. A lot of players are 
that are going to be attending are trying to get other attendees to dress up as Winnie the Pooh to BlizzCon. Now you might be wondering why would people dress up like Winnie the Pooh? That is because the popular Winnie the Pooh meme was a um, when it was circulating around China. A lot of people joked and said, hey, it looks like our president, which he took offense to. And so since that Winnie the Pooh meme has come out, uh, Winnie the Pooh and everything of its likeness has been banned in China. Nice. Uh, this was like last year. Classy. So this is their way of speaking out towards what happened in China. I actually kind of like this idea. I'm oh, not yeah, against I love it. it. <laughs> I would love to see BlizzCon's live stream and just see a whole bunch of people in Winnie the Pooh costumes, especially in the spirit of Halloween. I'm about yeah, it. Yeah, I would love it. Well, also they 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 would be able to get away get away with it. It's like. You know, they, they can't ban Winnie the Pooh here. And then also, it's like, if anyone says anything, it's like, oh, it's just Halloween costume. You know, like they, if they right. really need to get away with it, they could. It's like, it's just funny. I love it. Technically, yeah. We have free speech here. Bleep bleeps. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> alongside hard. with uh, Blizzard drama, Nintendo has stopped promoting Overwatch. And we know that Nintendo is super stingy when it comes to refunds and anything to do with like Nintendo's customer service and games. Like can't make anything happen. Apparently it is almost free to just call them and just be like, I don't want this game anymore because I don't support what blizzard is doing. And apparently it's a no questions asked. They give you a refund for overwatch. If you have bought it, whether that gets uninstalled on your Nintendo eShop account or whatever, I'm not fully aware. I, I, couldn't get that clear answer i assume they would take it off that you wouldn't just get the game willy-nilly free but right. you know last week rendon i think it was last week we asked the question you know or i did i said do you think nintendo with overwatch coming out is going to have any type sort of response to this because they're a japanese-based company and, and they care about what's happening in china for sure and we were kind of on the fence on if they would or they wouldn't Obviously, they haven't made a statement, but this is kind of clear evidence that they, too, are steering clear. They're not canceling Overwatch on the Switch, but they're obviously not They're steering clear of it, which is a shame, I think. It's kind of a shame. It definitely is a shame. I think it's really sad. Um, basically, what I heard was that uh, there was supposed to be some kind of live, like, in-person event that they were going to be uh, holding right before the launch so that... Um, uh, you know, just to like show off the game and all that. And they canceled that because people were planning on protesting it and they didn't want to deal with it, mm-hmm. which is kind of, I don't know how I feel about that. It kind of seems like, you know, canceling just because they don't want to deal with something is not that great. But at the same time, if it was going to be a bad event just because there was so many protests, I understand. Anyways, but yeah, I mean, at this point, before, right before a launch, you know, I'm sure us playing like on social media and stuff, we would see like a whole bunch of posts about it and try and get us to buy it and stuff like that. But I don't, I'm not seeing anything. They're kind of, it's like you said, they're, they're not canceling it, but it's almost like it didn't even happen, but it's happening, you know? Um, yeah. I'm kind of sad that, you know, this drama's leaked into the other Blizzard stuff. Um, I mean, Blizzard is, is responsible for all this and, uh, they have responded since. I mean, they are, I don't know, we, we aren't going to talk about this because I don't think we want to get bogged down into it in a full topic, but Blizzard did respond and they halved Blitzchung's um, 
suspension and they gave him all his winnings. So uh, they've definitely kind of made up on that front, but they still are not getting, you know, people are still upset about the whole, the whole deal, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, it sucks. And it sucks because Nintendo is being affected and the switch getting a new game and the switch getting love is like, all I want, you know, and these big companies are porting their games to it, and that makes me happy. And now it's being overshadowed by drama. True, and it's Blizzard's I, fault. I mean, it's their own fault. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not blaming Blitzchung or you know anything like at, that. It just sucks. At the same time, I think anybody who wanted Overwatch for the Switch, I I don't know if you need to market it anymore, honestly, because yeah. like, we everyone knows what Overwatch is, and either you want it or you don't, you know. So right. I think if Overwatch is coming to the Switch, I think everyone who's going to get it is going to get it, and that's going to be it, you know. That's very at true. Point, at this point, it's kind of a mute point, but you know, it is. That's what very it is. true. Uh, however, for those of you that do care about Overwatch still playing it, getting it, whatever you're doing, Halloween Terror is now live. Which I put in the doc because I just wanted to shout it out because it is by by far the best Overwatch event. Like, you know, we, uh, me and you and a few friends, we played Overwatch for, you know, a year and a half or so like that. And that's definitely the, what sticks out is like the best event that they do. So, um. Yeah, if if you're playing Overwatch and you're not conflicted by this drama that's happening, um, definitely hop in because it's it's a really fun time. Because there's like a little mini story told with the uh, Junkenstein and all that. Um, it's like a lot of times it's done in the theme of like old Tommy horror film where it's like black and white and it, it's it's really well done. Um, yeah, so, it's, and, it's, the, it's... and the skins look awesome. That's true. I, I do love how Overwatch comes out with some pretty nifty skins for all their events. Right. Um, Pokemon Sword and Shield showcased a new trailer. And kind of like the Piranha Plant situation, Renan, if you bought Smash Brothers within a certain... Or if you bought the Fighters Pass within a certain amount of time, you automatically get Piranha Plant. If you get the game before January 15th, you get uh, Gigantamax Meowth. And I don't think anyone... Wants it. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you get it, but it's like, why would I? Why would I want to get it? <laughs> it you looks literally so bad. sent me a message, and you're like, "What is this?" And I was like, "Something I don't want." <laughs> right. It, it's just like, here's here how I feel. Meowth is awesome, and you know, she and he or she, whatever, was a big part of the animated show whenever you know that first came out. And I'm glad Meowth is getting love. Like it's getting like Meowth is getting attention, which is what I like. But not in this way. This design, the design of Gigantamax Meowth is so bad. Um, uh, one of my friends, uh, maybe been you, uh, said that they think it's based on the long cat meme, which is really stupid. Me, no. But basically, it's like Meowth if they stretch Meowth's torso, like into Gigantamax size, and it, it just looks dumb. I, I mean, it, there's it, there's no way about it. It just looks dumb. It, it looks weird. Yeah. Uh, also, just really quick with Pokemon news, one thing that was interesting, as we have, and I, I feel like this is worth mentioning, running because we've berated, I, well, I have berated, uh, you have, you've not still hold berated, out hope, but, but. You, we have had our issues with Pokemon Sword and Shield, and yeah. the quote-unquote laziness that Game Freak usually has, and, and, you know, not having every Pokemon and whatnot, uh, the game is actually going to be 10 four gigabytes large to put that in perspective let's go eevee and pikachu were 4.1 
which was its previous record for how big a Pokemon game is. So this is more, it's not only more than double, it's, it's a whole lot bigger. And also to put in perspective, because obviously, you know, Call of Duty is 150 gigabytes and, you know, such like that. Uh, remember that Nintendo games come out, like, Odyssey was like 2.6 gigabytes and like, Breath of the Wild was like four something gigabytes on the Switch. Yeah. So, um, it could be Game Freak just not compressing overall, or this game could actually be larger than we have given it credit for, and they just yeah. haven't showcased that side yet. Either way, it's still everything that they have shown since this initial release trailer has still not given me reason to want to buy in. Yeah. So I definitely understand that. And the more and more I see, the more I get that feeling as well. But, you know, I'll I'm, I'm probably still get it. Um, I may not get it, like, right at launch. Uh, I just love Pokemon. And as, as much as, like, yes, they're being lazy. Yes, the design on some of the Gigantamax is really dumb. And Charmed it just seems though. like they threw it together. Uh, you know, it's still Pokemon, which is fun. So yeah. I get that. <laughs> uh, but with that said, that goes ahead into all of our quick mentions. Now let's go ahead and get into our juicy topics. We only have three for you this week, but they're all great. So let's start. Fortnite has definitely been under some controversy with the way they have handled their recently announced Chapter 2. The game was taken offline for almost 48 hours with players staring at a black hole to finally come out on the other side with a brand new map and brand new mechanics such as carrying your teammate boat battles, and hiding in haystacks to surprise your enemy. Two parts to this breakdown. So first, Renan, do we like or dislike how Epic Games handled this transition? Because we didn't know what was going on. It's definitely on. different. Yes. Well, I think it's kind of genius, to be honest. Uh, I think, you know, not knowing what's going on and not um, – being total totally transparent with the player is typically a bad thing when it comes to like how developers deal with stuff like this. But um they obviously went for the story and for the show and for the for the memes and all that stuff, you know, like they they really wanted like it was a marketing scheme wrapped up into a just a, what we kind of see as a pretty basic revitalization of a game like uh you know this is like when they updated uh the first overwatch event or you know like i'm trying to like or like the first herson expansion like you know the game went down for a little while and then they when it came back up they had a bunch of new content that's basically a very like normal thing that we're used to in games but the way they did it was definitely dramatic you know and as much as like i think it was blown to proportion with like how much traction it was getting online. I think that that's exactly what they wanted because their game was going to go down for 48 hours for these updates. These are critical updates that obviously they're taking the game down for 48 hours. That means they were a pretty big overhaul of a lot of things going on and they needed that time, but they did it in a dramatic and, you know, different way just because they're Fortnite and they want that attention while, while their games aren't even being played, you know? So as much as like, uh, transparency is very important to me as like someone who wants to like know exactly what's coming down the pipe on the games. Um, you know, it was genius in my opinion. I mean, I, I, I think overall I liked it. Uh, 
I don't know exactly if I would like a lot of people to do this, a lot of developers to try and do this, but I think I liked it. Yeah, I think um, in hindsight, I, I'm not opposed to it. And they definitely reached the goal of tracking attention, right? Like if they wanted right. some press and, and, and all that that comes with it, they got it. <laughs> definitely. Um, you know, what, what I don't have the answer to yet and, and I'm pretty sure the answer is out there, but you know, if like skins and such that you bought, do they move over to this chapter two? Because they're branding this as like Fortnite two, basically. And with how much that they've added, I mean, they've added a lot more than we've named here. And we'll get into that a little bit here. They've added a lot of stuff that yeah. is going to make this feel like a fresh game. And so I, I know a lot of the controversy was, you know, parents who bought skins for their kids like a day or two before this happened or people who bought battle passes and such like that like do they come over into this chapter two because if they don't and we know epic games to be a really you know halfway very nice company halfway enemy like company um (laughs) yeah you know, they don't pay, they, they don't get pay or give credit to the dances that they make millions of dollars off of. At the same time, they pay developers more. You know, it's like you love them, you, you hate them. Right. Uh, you know, it's like if that doesn't roll over, then I do have a big issue with this and their mumness about it or whatnot. As far as the dramatic effect and whatnot, it was beautiful. It was great. I have no issues with it. Uh, it just depends on what it means uh, money wise for some people. But. I, that's true. That's a I good believe point. that everything will come over. If I'm correct, I could be wrong on that, but I believe so. And if so, then I thought this was awesome. I think this is what you needed to do because obviously there's been a steep decline with Fortnite. I mean, I think sales for this year dropped by like 55% or something is what the official numbers were. I mean, it was, it was going down and it was going down super quick for some reason. So obviously now we have a lot of attention around it and we have a lot of new things, a brand new map, you know, Rendon, as you, as you kind of look at what they have to offer now and and how they're doing it, do you think that this will revitalize it more than just like a short term stint? I think it will. Um, I think that it, you know, like you said, it was already so big and even though it was declining quickly, this is, coming right at the perfect time they needed they needed to revamp a few things they're doing because people are getting bored with it and um i think it will have that effect because like it's not just a new map you know it's like new mechanics and fully that will fully change like how you play like i saw videos of like the idea that you can pick up your your uh other players like you can pick up players and throw them into like something that kills them or you can pick up players and that are dead already and throw dead players at other people. And there's like, like, or yeah, carrying your teammates safety, you know, if they get shot down in the open field. Exactly. There's like, uh, yeah, that's not the only thing, but there's more than just a map change or like some skins and the different name. Like it's, it's got different mechanics and typically with these big games like this to keep them fresh and feeling fresh, like you said, you know, you gotta introduce these new mechanics. Um, so I think it will. I mean, as much as like I don't play Fortnite, I could care less if they're super successful or not. But you know, as as we've seen Fortnite being as big as it is, and it's not getting taken away. Like its attention is not taken away by other battle royales. Like it 
pretty much beat out Apex, even though Apex was going to be the new Fortnite when it came out. You know, yeah. I think with this new revitalization, as long as there's nothing drastically like bad about these mechanics, like if something turns out and they need to reverse something, you know, that might affect things if players don't like some of the new mechanics. But based on what I've seen so far since it's been live again, uh, I think this is definitely going to revitalize the game for more than just a short term for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I think I do want to say though, um, the transparency being important, like I, I do want to reiterate that because it's like my feeling towards this whole thing is like, what if without any kind of warning, Nintendo did this for smash? Like there will be riots, you know, like the smash community yeah. is like, you know, it can be very toxic. And as much as Fortnite has a big community because their love for Fortnite trumps this, like it, you know, it didn't have any other that like smash outside of the game baggage that would make people upset with the company. Whereas like any other company not being transparent about something like this could make a lot of people mad. So they definitely did a, they had a risky, they did it risky, but you know, they, uh, they still genius. They did it risky. But when you, when you talk about the stats that I just brought up, you know, it's huge decline it's like if you're gonna do it this was the best time to do it because you're on a down you know you're going down and so your player base isn't as big and if you're trying to raise your player base up then i guess risking 48 hours and then doing something huge and dramatic is definitely the way to go because i i think i want to keep it a buck with you random i'm actually interested in it now like i've seen the trailer and it looks fun it does. Like the yeah, boat battles does. look fun. You know, the whole bandage bazooka gun looks pretty cool where you can right. pretty much blast an almost dead player and revitalize them. I mean, it's Fortnite, you know, Fortnite was always a game about fun. I have always respected that sense where like Fortnite has never done anything except change and transform to new and fun things. And this is obviously the biggest thing that they've done to do that. And so I always respected it from that front. And so I might I might give it a try. I'm not going to lie. Um, exactly. And that, that tells you right there that someone like you saying that it's it working. Yeah. It worked. But it's it's I don't want to undersell the risk they took. And and it's like one of those situations where not all th- all things are equal. Like, you know, they can do this because in this specific scenario, it would be a net positive, but not everyone can do this. Like, no, if, not every, no, no, no. Yeah, no, right. You're, you're you totally right. Like, no one. I would discourage a lot of people from doing something like this. But you yeah. have to think that you know, Fortnite is a game. You know, Epic is a game service, and and Fortnite is nothing. One, it's a free game, so you can't be mad for whatever they feel like doing with it, right? Um, and like I said, as long as your skins and such come over to this, then then fine you know um it might suck if which i believe they do yeah and it might suck if people had plans for Fortnite during those 48 hours i get that but in in the grand scheme of things it's like Fortnite constantly has changed and constantly has done some wacky stuff and so i think that they have done it enough small you know doses here and there to give us one big one um in which like they may not have been transparent about it, but the whole game lore, because the game did have a lore, believe it or not, did tell us that this was going to happen. I mean, 
it was just a matter of when and not if and how long would it last. I think right. just because once it lasted past 24 hours I th- and all they kept getting was a screen that said the end, I think that's when people started freaking out, you know, because they're like, yeah, is this actually like not coming back? But yeah. even to your point of Smash, like, yeah, it would have a huge ride. But if Smash went down for 48 hours online and then they came out with a direct that said, hey, uh, Waluigi, Crystal, Skull Kid, and Shantae all are now official characters. Yeah, uh, they, we, they will be forgiven. <laughs> right. They would get forgiven real quick. Uh, right. So, you know, there's ways to do it. You have to offer something up for for it to do it. And I think Fortnite I think Fortnite did that. I think Epic Games offered enough new things to sit there and justify forty eight hours worth of, you know, so confusion. So you think it will revitalize the game more than just the short term? I think it will because Okay, we agree on that one then. That's yeah, no, I I think a lot of people are gonna be interested in the new stuff. I think a lot of people that have been away from it for maybe a year now is going to start getting back into it. And I think it's going to have at least a year and a half's worth of of new things. And still, we know that Fortnite, you know, obviously this is, you know, Chapter 2, Season 1. You know, obviously during Season 2, they'll add new things again, as they do every season. So, I mean, I, I'm excited to see what other new things they'll add to this, you know. So Riot Games, the developer for League of Legends, they had their anniversary stream for the game. That They do this every year where they basically just sit down and talk about what's coming to the game update-wise and stuff like that. But this time, because it was 10th anniversary, they decided to go crazy, uh, honestly. They, um, they announced a whole slew of things, and I'm going to go through the list real quick and uh, we kind of want to look at all these and see what we think is going to be the most successful because, I mean, let's face it, I don't think all of these are going to be able to soar and, you know, become like a real big uh, phenomenon. So they announced a new show called Arcane, which apparently takes place in the League of Legends universe. Um, it's going to go beyond, obviously, what we've seen because League of Legends is a pretty basic game and this is a story-based content. So, a new animated series. That's pretty cool. Um, Legends of Runeterra, which is a digital card game very similar to Hearthstone, which, you know, I'm excited for. Um, They have different projects. Project L, which is a new fighting game similar to Mortal Kombat. Uh, You know, like like from the side, 2D almost, fighting game. Project F, which is a dungeon crawler similar to Diablo. Um, basically the gameplay they showed off, it looked just like Diablo in my opinion, just, uh, you know, kind of color, more colorful and not so dark, uh, you know, League of Legends version, obviously it looks yeah. a lot like League of Legends and then a new shooter, which doesn't seem to have any kind of relation to the League of Legends universe, which makes sense because League of Legends is kind of fantasy and this is, has guns in it. So it's a new shooter. It gave me, when I saw it, it looked a lot like Counter-Strike in my opinion, um, but it looked kind of cartoony, uh, like how League of Legends kind of has looked for uh, you know its life, and Overwatch kind of has that cartoony feel. Mm-hmm. So that's that. That was called Project A, and then finally, the one of the big announcements was that they're going to 
port Teamfight Tactics and League of Legends to mobile, um, which I think is genius, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so Austin, all these projects, I know you don't really play League of Legends. I've played it for a little while, and you know it's basically a MOBA, Here's the Storm, Dota, those kind of games. And right. you know, you said that you heard them say that you know we've been doing one game for ten years. Why don't we do five games and see how it goes? Uh, yeah. And they're obviously doing that. So. Yeah, no, they're they're going full swing about it. And look, you know, even pre-show, when when kind of going over the topics before, you know, I said arguably, I think if you think of about the top five most successful games, you know, League of Legends might definitely be up there. And so, yeah. You know, when you look at it, I have to sit here and beg the question, can you bring us another banger and can it come anything close to League of Legends? Because do I think any of these will hit that peak? No, I don't think so. Uh, But can anything stick for a long time? So let's go ahead through the list. Obviously, Arcane's a show, you know, it's not it might be a great show, you know. But obviously, it's not a game, so we're going to go ahead and skip that. Uh, new fighting game. You know. Mortal I mean, Mortal Kombat, Kombat really well. Yeah. It so does we really well. Mortal Kombat, yeah. But to be honest, to be very honest, though, you know, that uh, this most recent Mortal Kombat very much um, undersold what was expected of it. Just so you just so we're clear, because like, you know, Smash has been a wild success. And uh, there are other fighting games similar, like, like Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, that uh-huh. have been hugely successful. But Mortal Kombat, as much as it is great and it's still seen as like a a big, you know, a big giant in that field, um, this most recent Mortal Kombat did not sell like people thought they would. So that maybe that that could inform the future of this game. You know, true. Um, however, with that said, it if it brings a new dynamic then I think people might be interested in it. because Definitely, yeah. I, I don't think that just because Mortal Kombat didn't sell well, that that genre of gamers is gone. I just think oh, yeah, that's that true. And Street it speaks more big. to maybe what Mortal Kombat has been doing as of recently. Maybe they're, you know, I'm not, I don't keep up with that, uh, that franchise as closely as other people's mates. So I don't know if there's been a downfall of it that, kept people away from buying it um but you know i would i would honestly say as i'm looking at this list it might be the one that might generate the most long-term success honestly because we go to uh we go to the dungeon crawler game like diablo i think that'll have a lot of short-term success uh i think a lot of people will be super interested in it it might uh because i just think it's fun it's one of those things that a lot of people are gonna be able to pick up Go play, you know, have some fun with. Um, but how long does that last? You know, a lot of the easy to pick up and play games don't necessarily last the longest. Uh, it's the games True. that you can really invest in and whatnot. Um, a new shooter, I didn't, I didn't get to see it yet. Uh, but you know, shooters is so saturated, and That's you, very true. you know, the thing with Overwatch now, and it is that. You know, we now have something like that. And, you know, now we also have Paladins. And, you know, there have been other games to to do it. So it's like Overwatch was a standout when it first came out. But, you know, now it's like a standard. 
and it's it's just to me it would be super hard to break into that considering that i don't think riot has a history in that genre um, uh, yeah no they definitely don't so i'm not saying it won't be a successful game I'm, I'm not even saying that it won't generate hype but to me that might be the biggest failure in the short run now if we go to legends of runeterra that's a mixed bag because you know ea gave its hand at a card game it didn't do well valve put its hand into a card game it didn't do well Hearthstone has been declining. It's had its ups and downs, even if you forget Blizzard's blunders. Um, You know, obviously, Magic the Gathering is, is, you know, the only card game that comes to mind that has stood that test of time for so long. Yeah. Um, And so, can they break into that? It's possible. Um, I just don't think that that... I I don't I don't think that will be the the banger out of them. I think it'll generate hype, but I don't know how long it'll last. It's 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 so finicky with the card games, you know. It's just like they all look the same, you know. And it's like some here and there have like their own little special thing that separates itself. So what can you do right. to separate yourself? And you you will speak on that more than me. I hope you speak on that more after after. I, I, I give you the mic because I, I don't play the card games. You do. So you, you're more on that. So my guess is it's going to be the new fighting game that has the best chance of giving some real success to them. But realistically, I don't see anything on this list that tells me that, like, expect another League of Legends, like, caliber game. In all fairness. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have so little information that it's, you know, I think that take is very, you know, very much possible. Um, the fighting game may be it. Uh, I will say with fighting games, they tend to stand the test of time, like melee. And, (laughs) you know, when I think of fighting games in general and the communities that surround fighting games are very, like, they're very supportive where like, you know, Evo happens every year, but in between Evo, there's like, I mean, there's literally like a smash tournament on like, almost every weekend that I'm on Pretty Twitch, much, I can yeah. turn on Twitch. There's like a smash tournament going on or a street fighter tournament, Uh street fighter and smash right now are like the standouts as far as like the communities being big and being very much supportive. Mm-hmm. So to be fair, the community is a huge part of a game's, um, you know, success long-term. So the fighting game, that's probably not a bad uh, idea. Um, but I mean, we can both agree that, not all of these are going to be bangers, you know, like they're not all going to stand the test of time for sure. Um, True. But before I kind of break them down, I do want to say overall, if you look at what they've done, you know, they're a company that has done one thing very well for 10 straight years. And now they're trying to diversify. They're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall, see what sticks. And, you know, they're not, really innovating. I mean, they may be innovating within the space that they're in, but they're not trying to do something wildly new or entertaining. They're doing, they're doing like every time I announce one of these, whenever we were going through the list the first time, it was like legend of true Terra, which is like Hearthstone, fighting game, like mortal Kombat, you know, dungeon crawler, like Diablo shooter, like counter strike and overwatch, you know? So like mm-hmm. they're doing, they have a model to follow. 
it's just that they are going to have to innovate drastically within each one of these games for them to stick around in any kind of way, which, you know, is fine. If they, if they do it right, they do it right. But um, ba- based on what I'm looking at, I think the dungeon crawler is a sleeper pick. Like I think dun- the dungeon crawler, like Diablo, it's as much as it is short term because it's a story based, typically it's a story based uh, game that just kind of has like this really cool mechanic. The thing about Diablo that, you know, Diablo three came out years and years ago. Like we're looking at a long time and it's still being played, you know, pretty much every day right now because Diablo three has the, uh, replayability factor is like you know through the roof like you can level up each different character and within each level you have different skill trees you can pick to make it interesting you know so it has that replayability so if it if they double down on that aspect of it then they might be looking at a hit long term otherwise i agree with what you're saying if they don't really go hard on the seasons like you know diablo has seasons now where sometimes yeah. like better spawns will happen and more rare loot will be dropped. And um that replayability has to be very well fleshed out, almost more than the original first time playthrough, you know, cuz that's not where the game lives. Um so, you know, I think that that potential has potential. It doesn't seem to be the one that I think is going to be skyrocketed into success right from the gate, but it has potential to stay a long time. But uh when I see this, I think you're totally right in that the shooters shooters are saturated obviously it's very apparent that it's saturated but i th- from what i saw in the gameplay that they released this is trying to be counter-strike and overwatch more than it is trying to be any other type of shooter and counter-strike and overwatch are have staying power and even though we have them already counter-strike is so old at this point Pop people will, you know, obviously still play it. If it's fun, they'll play it, whatever. But, you know, at this point, we're looking for alternatives. Like Fortnite, it lost its a little bit of its uh traction when Apex came out or when PUBG well, PUBG was before Fortnite, but you know, it lost traction when other alternatives came and those two games are set aside from most shooters in my in the way I think of shooters. Right? right. And so we're looking for alternatives to those type of games because that is a that is a subset of shooter within the shooter category, in my opinion. And you know, I think I think that obviously they know what they're doing. They may go hard on it, but um, in all reality, I think that's my pick because Legends yeah. of. Re- well, go ahead. You go ahead. I I I don't disagree with you. I think that I, what I said is, is you even mentioned Fortnite and then you mentioned Apex and PUBG. Apex and PUBG are not bad games. In fact, they do pretty successful and have a, a pretty strong follower base. It's just they're not Fortnite, right? Right. Like they yeah. can't, you know, we, we had the discussion when Apex first came out because it was exciting, the competition, but it didn't take that long for Fortnite to really still stand out. And, you know, so you're correct that Counter-Strike and Overwatch, you know, they have a very strong base and Counter-Strike has definitely stood the test of time. Um, but it's like, even if Riot makes a great game, it doesn't mean that it can hold up to them. If it does great, it's just, I, I need to see what they can bring to the table to make it, to make it stick, 
because I think that's what's getting harder now is now that we have an Overwatch and we have other games that are coming out like it, it's like you have to find the new thing to stick. And I'm right. not saying that they can't do it. And if they, I, I hope they can. Like, I wish nothing but the best. Uh, so I don't disagree with your argument whatsoever. I just think that I feel like the fighting genre, any you, it, it's so open to new things, right? Because Smash Bros. did its own little thing, and look at it. It, it can't be touched, right? Yeah. If you somehow did, you know, like Smash did, but still did it more in the sense of like a Mortal Kombat or a Street Fighter or whatnot, if you... It, I think it's easier to make your own thing. And I, I say easier as in like, there's not as much competition, but obviously no one has done anything new. So obviously like ideal wise, it must be harder. But if you know, they've had, I'm sure they've had a lot of time to think about this, you know? Uh, so yeah. I, I feel like if they can find a new formula to this type of game, then I think they automatically win. And that's why I, I tend to side with that. Because I feel like that's the one you don't have to have as much of a new shtick for. Whereas if you do the the shooter one, it's yeah, you, you have, have a have lot of competition and a lot of innovation that you got to come with. But you also still have to innovate. Sim- you know, simply. You know, there's there's a, there's a term that I like to use as a uh, uh, simple creative. You know, like right. we don't like a lot of new things. We like just a few few things. You know, new things that that somehow still geniusly separates you and so that's what you would have to look for for that but i hope they do it i mean i'm all for it yeah yeah and you know definitely possible um i just i guess for me the shooter seems like right now in the space that we're in like i think the shooter has legs as far as like its potential like because like like you said apex is a wild success it's not Fortnite, but it's a wild success True. And I think that as much as like the saturation is crazy, they're not saying it's a battle royale, so that's its own thing. They're not saying like it's a typical um, you know, first person shooter with deathmatch and slayer. They're trying to go for that MOBA like battle arena. Like Overwatch is a team based shooter that has the feel of like a battle arena and League of Legends is a MOBA. So like they have that experience. So I think I think it's one of those that um, I, we could be seeing a lot from. But oh, yeah. before we move on, to, I want to go over these other ones. Uh, how I, what I think about them. like the show that Arcane that they're doing. Uh, I'm with you. Like you know, it's cool if it's success, whatever. Um, the thing about shows is they have to have success farther reaching than just the community that likes the game. Like mm-hmm. for shows, that has to appeal to people who don't like games. You know, and so that's always tricky, and it's. Usually doesn't work out, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so, you know, I have faith in it, cool and all, but I'm not too stoked on it. And then the mobile port, Teamfight Tactics and League of Legends, I think that's amazing. Um, I mean, Teamfight Tactics specifically, it, ha- it has a play style that, you know, mobile would be perfect for. And League of Legends, not so much, but, you know, if they can figure out how to do it with the UI that's not, you know, garbage right uh, i'm sure people that play league every single day would want to have a chance to play it on a you know you know just for fun like on the go so um and then i kind of wanted to save the legends of rutana rutera for last because you know hearthstone is such a near and dear to my heart and card games in general is something i really like i wanted to talk about that i 
Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be the banger out of this. Obviously, I, I, yeah, I still believe the shooter is going to be the one that I think is the biggest. But I want to say the thing with card games is Magic the Gathering, like you said, stood the test of time. I agree with that. I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, if you're looking at successful card games, that just takes the cake. But Hearthstone community, the Magic the Gathering community, the Gwent community, and even smaller games like uh, uh, Etheral or whatever, I forget the name of it, or like Hex and stuff like that, the community overlaps so much in card games. Like, people who play Hearthstone also play Magic and also play Gwent, you know? So it's like, card games don't really have like camps where you're in one camp or the other. They, they just kind of spread out over all of the games because card games are so easy to pick up and play typically, especially if they're on mobile. Um, you know, people just play them whenever they have um, time here and there. So obviously I think it's a genius idea. And obviously of all these, all these projects that they're talking about, this one seems like more fleshed out. So they already, have gone hard on this and not just kind of in project mode with this. Like they're actually, they have a name for it and um, you know, a gameplay seems really fleshed out. So yeah, um, I think there's no, there is no um, uh, reason that they couldn't be successful. It's just that, you know, they're not going to overtake magic or probably Hearthstone at this point. As much as Hearthstone is getting flack right now, it's still, you know, it's still like a six year old game at this point. Yeah, and to your point, real quick, and that's why I said card games are finicky because it's like there's one demographic for it, and that demographic controls. You, they're the gatekeepers. They've allowed Magic the Gathering and Hearthstone to be where it's at, and others. And that's why it's hard, is because you're not gonna you're not gonna attract anyone new with Legends of Ruterra, but you have to bring something new to the table to allow the gatekeepers of that community to be in the games that you've just mentioned. Whereas right. if it's something the same as, as anything else, you know, why are they going to stop playing Hearthstone that they've invested so much in and built their decks in to play this, a new one, you know, except I guess for the thrill, but that's why I wouldn't see it lasting long term. And that's my only thing. Like if they bring something new to the table, then by all means, like let it, let it get up there. I just think that's the hardest one because that is a closed set community and they say what goes and what doesn't. Um, but with that said, my closing thing is I, I you know, you pick the shooter. I p- pick the fighting, but I do think it's interesting that both you and I have solidly said that project F, the, the dungeon crawler is probably like going to be the second best. Like, I think you and I agree on that and, and pick it as the safest bet to have a lot of traction for it albeit maybe not the banger traction but it will i think you and i both believe it'll be a solid a solid game tim longo creative director of halo infinite left 343 back in august mary olsen immediately took over but 343 has announced that she is leaving the company, Rendon. Is that Uh-oh. cause for concern? <laughs> I think it definitely is. Um, I saw this, you know, this 
the news that she was leaving came out over the weekend. So this is the Mary Olson leaving is very recent. Obviously Tim Longo had been gone since August. So basically the thing that scares me is that they haven't announced anyone else taking the job, but at this point it's like, obviously people are quitting left and right. So it's like, why even fill the position? But they, the 343 developers on Reddit were talking about, um, you know, don't worry, we have no creative issues going on. But when I see this, Halo Infinite obviously has been worked on and, you know, we, we're still like a year out. So there's a lot to be done, but it seems as though, you know, it's starting to be fleshed out. Um, but where my worry comes in is that the title is Creative Director. And when I hear that, it makes me think of, new ways to implement like mechanics and that stuff we're talking about the innovation with riot like that stuff um so that makes me a little worried um because when it comes to story i'm guessing this is my guess that the story has already been written it's been you know played out the voice acting is well underway and all that so i'm not too worried about the story which is one of the most important factors mm-hmm. but you know, having the game to be fun after you beat the storyline is very, very important. And creative ways uh, to innovate mechanics and gameplays into into the game is very important. So, I mean, I'm a little worried, <laughs> to be honest. Right. I'm, I'm scared 343. I mean, we're already, especially you, you seem to, like, have a little bit of, like, not the greatest hope holding out for 343. And when I hear that people are leaving the company in these big roles, it's like, it's a little worrisome. Right. Well, some new information came out this morning. I don't know if you've got to see it written, but let me go ahead and put some worries to rest because I don't think that this is a big deal at all. Um, okay. And here's why. Uh, a lot of, there was one big Reddit post by a 343 employee and a couple of other 343 employees have, have stepped out, as well as Microsoft himself. They haven't made any kind of real statement, but they have they have thrown a little tidbit out there to say that a lot of the reports are wrong in what they're saying, that uh, Tom Longo was creative director, and he did leave, but that Mary Olson didn't take over his position, that she took over the position that more you know, make sure that everything meets its deadline and that everything gets put together and whatnot. She was more in like a a supervisor managerial position, but it it somehow got reported that she took over as creative director. And that has been refuted by a lot of people within three, four, three. It said that the way that Microsoft runs thing is that they have people on deck at all times. So, uh, you know, when she leaves, they had someone else already ready to go. And it's popular belief within the 343 from what I've what I've read that they've been kind of saying so far obviously they have NDAs and whatnot so a lot of these are kind of anonymous tips and whatnot but it's coming out by a lot that you know she just had a a great job opportunity open up somewhere else that she didn't want to miss out on it wasn't like she was like oh screw 343 or this ain't working out or anything like that it's just a good opportunity to open up for and obviously you're you know you got to take your great opportunities when they come because that obviously opens more doors so right. from, you know, the massive response or, or that we believe from the 343 employees that are coming out leads me to believe that everything is fine and dandy, you know, and that it's not as big of a deal as the reports are making it. Now, obviously, we are, like you said, a year out from it. We 
both you and I highly believe that Halo Infinite will come out alongside Scarlet, winner of 2020. And so, and I think they know that there's a lot of mixed, you know, hope for them. And so, you know, they might be trying to save face, you know, because every report is making things look doom and gloom. But, you know, we have things like this happen all the time and we don't have this much feedback usually from the employees, you know, to say, hey, hold up, pump the brakes. Yeah. So I firmly believe that this is not a major blow or a major issue that the media has made it out to be. With that said, obviously, there's cause for concern for three, four, three. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) just in general. But hey, like, you know, I, you know, like you said, I don't have as much hope for them, but I've, I, I, I believe they're going to do something better than Halo 4 and Halo 5. I just don't know if they can bring back the magic that was, but okay. I don't, yeah. nec- we don't necessarily need them to. We just need something better than Halo 4 and Halo 5 at this point. Yeah. You know? We just need them to give us the bare minimum, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, those, I mean, that makes, puts a lot of my fears to rest. Um, but in that that's a you know that's just like how it is when it comes to transparency of companies like the fact that it had to be done over over Reddit by employees like not through official channels is kind of you know there's something to be said there but at least three four three it yeah well three four three is you know at least communicating with its community and as much as we don't like three four three and what they've done to Halo I mean they are very like. They're very involved. They have been more communicative in the recent two or three years. They have taken a more bungee approach to things the last two or three years, which is what we've been wanting to see. So, yeah, I think we can give them credit for that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm glad to put some of those fears to rest. So, um, as much as like, there's always, it's always fun to like conspiracy theory about stuff going on. We're not in the company. We don't work there every day. And, um, you know, it's and, uh, and I, and I I think what it is is that I, you know Halo is obviously going to draw massive attention. It doesn't matter how it does; it's it's going to sell. And I think what it is is just that you know there's a whole lot of mystery surrounding Halo Infinite. We haven't seen a whole lot. We've seen a great trailer, right, with the guy stuck in the ship, and then we had our announcement trailer, which we you know got to see Chief's helmet and a Halo ring. So that's all, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the only two things that we have seen. And that's really it, yeah. On just those two little small things, like, everyone is is excited for what's to be. And so I think because of its recent failures or or drawbacks and the excitement going into this, I just think that anything 343 does, the closer we get is going to be under a microscope because I think things like this happen way more than, than we, you know, hear about, but it's halo infinite. So in three, four, three, and, and you know, this is their shot to bring it back. Like if they don't bring it back with this, then whatever they do with halo henceforth is not worth it. You know? Um, yeah, they said that they're bringing back something. They're bringing more than, you know, after halo infinite, you know? So they got to really swing out the park. They're under a microscope. I hope the best for them. Uh, I think I think it'll be a great game, uh, but I, I I don't know if I'm as concerned about the changes going on. now. If we have a lot of major shifts, right, 
like if a lot of things start happening at once then then I do but from what I from my understanding these were technically two different positions that were was reported as one so I don't know I I think it's fine I think I think I think it'll be fine that's just me yeah no, no, no I mean it makes sense um I didn't know that the new news that had come out about it but yeah it came out see... recently so like little, yeah like last like last last night <laughs> late last night yeah so i mean that puts a lot of my fears to rest so uh i'm not too worried about it now i mean i do hope halo infinite is amazing i think it will be and i hope that 343 finds ways to innovate and um you know it's kind of been a theme of this episode like just you know innovation mechanics. this has been we've this all three times have been innovation <laughs> yeah <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I have the hope that it's going to be great, and I'm glad that you think it's going to be a great game too, um, but I think we may see the magic come back. I mean, that's what I'm holding out hope for. But um, I'm, I'm hoping too, Rudy. I, I, I tell you what, I, I may not have as much faith, <laughs> but I have as much hope as you do. I really do. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's but good. with that said, that was another exciting episode of the Player 5 co- Podcast. We appreciate y'all so much for tuning in, listening. Like we said at the top, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as send us, you know, messages and thoughts on Twitter at Player5Pod and at Instagram at Player5 underscore podcast. We have definitely used some of these suggestions in our episodes before. And so we're always looking to, you know, obviously talk to new communities and, and hear your thoughts because that's what we do. Um, but with Rate that review said, the show. Yes, Rate, or we'll come Rate. find you. <laughs> no, rate and review the show on the on the podcast apps because that really that really helps, helps us out. Us, yes. uh, I just wanted to shout out that out a few times. Show your friends so that yeah. you can all join in on the discussion. With that said, <laughs> Rendon, it was fun. Yeah, I hope you have fun. a wonderful day. You too. Uh, everyone out there, have a wonderful week, and we will see y'all then. See ya.